Welcome to another episode of Rippin' Hoops, episode six. Carson, another week, another catastrophe for the Blazers. Yep. Like we've been saying, you know, they win four in a row for the break, and then, you know, we get on a huge kind of, oh, should we be rooting for them to win games? And then, of course, they lose all three this week pretty badly. I think they lost all of them by over 30 points. So they were uh, just getting outplayed all week. Uh, they played good competition, but they lost by 30 every single game. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, so Blazers lost to the Warriors by 37, lost to the Nuggets by 32, and the Suns by 30. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I went to the Nuggets game. The Warriors game, I was on a flight, and the Suns game, I had a basketball game, and I'm not too upset about it. I, I'm a longtime Blazers fan who always watches every game, but if I was going to miss a few, I'm okay with it being the ones where we play Drew Eubanks and Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams isn't that bad, though. Are you watching He's not play? bad. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> because he was like a five-star recruit, supposed to go to Gonzaga. We saw him on campus, and then he did this stupid thing where he was announcing his college and he took off his sweatshirt and he had a Gonzaga jersey on. He took that one off, had an Arizona shirt. So I've hated him ever since. Mm. Not to be negative, but like that's, I don't like the guy. It was, it was kind of a, a buzzkill. He took off the sweatshirt, thought he liked Gonzaga. Nope. But Eubanks, He's a scorer. What? what was that again? Eubanks is an Oregon State guy. He's, he's, not, he's not bad, actually. He's not, an, he's not just an Oregon State guy. He's an Oregon guy. He went to Reynolds High School, so he's from the area. Um, he's playing for his hometown, so that's pretty cool. Um, I know his fiance. She went to Oregon State. So uh, I've actually met him a couple times. He's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, that's cool. A little Oregon State alum. But um, Hart didn't have as good of a week. He still played well. Nurk sat out with a... Uh, quote-unquote plantar fasciitis, which we all know is just a, another method of resting nerve and tanking. And then just It's a full tank. Did, yeah, you, see, did you hear what Chauncey said? What? So they interviewed Chauncey right before the, the first Golden State game, and they're like, so Nurkic plantar fasciitis could be reevaluated re in a month. He's like, yeah, well, I've actually kind of known about this injury for about – about three weeks, but he's been playing so good, I just kind of forgot about it. <laughs> That's what he said. And then he also said, then he also said during the break, it was the first time that he's looked at the standings because he's has had time to, and he thought they were in seventh place. Really? Yeah. That's kind of. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but I kind of hope not. I hope not. I hope not too. Concerning, but I, I do like Chauncey. Um, Jason Quick, did you see his tweet? Uh, about Tansi? No, it's about Nurk. He said, with Achilles, oh. Achilles tendinopathy already taken by Eric Bledsoe, Yusuf Nurkic gets the always reliable plantar fasciitis as the Blazers' reasons to hit him. Probably smart move to ensure a high draft pick. So Jason Quick's even basically saying these two injuries, Achilles tendinopathy and plantar fasciitis, are basically injuries that you can't really prove. They're kind of like you can't look deeply into your Achilles tendon or into the foot and just like, it's not obvious. So you can kind of get by with resting guys and tanking with those injuries. So he's basically saying this is not a real injury. Don't get concerned. 
Yeah, Justice also Justice Winslow is playing pretty well, and then he came down with an injury. I don't know what he was. I don't know what his was. I think maybe a shoulder or something. I don't know. But yeah, a lot of Blazers just kind of going down for. I wouldn't say little stuff, but stuff that you don't usually see all the time in the NBA, per se. Yeah, I think the best part about this, and Justice Winslow is an Achilles injury as well. So. Oh, okay. So um, another one. The best part about this is that Anthony Simons is getting double teams thrown at him. He's getting boxing one defense thrown at him. He's getting trapped all the time. He's getting a lot of looks that will help him in the long run, I believe. Yeah, definitely help him in the long run. Help, not help him out right now because the team, he just doesn't have a lot of help around him scoring-wise, uh, especially last night uh, when they played the Suns on national TV. Like, he came out hot. He made He had 11 points in the first quarter. And then they just double teamed him and threw long bodies like Bridges and Cam Johnson at him, double teams. And I don't believe he scored again until the fourth quarter. So he was uh, – people kind of know that it's going to be an easy win against the Blazers. Really the only person that could hurt him is if Simons gets hot. So they're just going to make sure that that doesn't happen. They're going to make a guy like C.J. Ellaby or, or Trenton Wofford or – you know, Greg Brown try to beat him. And that's, you can see that's not been happening. And that's why they've been losing by 30 every game. Wofford had a beautiful move last night when he kind of drove to the rim. Uh, no, Wofford had a great game. I, yeah. Another another five by three. So he had more than five points, more than five rebounds, more than five assists. Yeah, he played great. Yeah, he had a move where he was going to the rim and he um, faked with his right hand on the left side. Got the center up in the air, spun back around, put it in. That was that was stuff that you don't see a lot of big men do. But uh, but, he did it on national TV, and I'm not sure if we deserve to be on national TV anymore. No, they should not be on national TV. Speaking of teams that don't deserve to be on national TV, like Charles Barkley just said, I will not speak of these losers <laughs> <laughs> anymore this year. The Lakers just do not deserve to be on national TV. We both just got done watching the Lakers-Clippers game. We turned it off early. It's just, it's hard for me to watch. You enjoy it because you hate Westbrook. I have a hard time watching it because I hate seeing LeBron. Just, it's just terrible. Yeah. I mean, you just got LeBron and uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to call Carmelo a bum, but you got LeBron, Carmelo, and then just a bunch of bums. I was talking about LeBron, Austin Reeves, and a bunch of bums. I'm never going to call Carmelo a bum because he's one of my favorite players of all time. No, so he's not he's not effective on a team that doesn't have defense. Yeah, they just they have no shooting, they have no defense, they have no interior scoring besides LeBron. It's just LeBron versus it's one v five right now against everybody. Those two just, lobs from Reeves to Westbrook and. Monk were good, and then LeBron had an and one that should have been continuation. They took it off, and then the Clippers just blew them out. Yeah, they went on a twenty-six to two run or something in the third. Something crazy, crazy like that. In basketball, Lakers go on a fourteen zero run, then the Clippers go on a twenty-six to two run. It's just there's so much momentum involved, especially with the Lakers. I swear, every time the Lakers start missing or playing poorly, they just put their heads down, stop hustling back on defense. Westbrook starts throwing up crap. 
It's it's so if if I was a Lakers fan, I would be so 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 annoyed with the team. Yet there are still people who say, "Oh, once we get Kendrick Nunn back, mm-hmm. really?" Yeah, I don't really see them. I don't even. I know that you think they're going to still make. I don't even see them making the playing game. I I don't see how they could not though. I mean, because we're going to tank, so it has to be the Spurs or the Kings who are four and five games back of the Lakers. I just don't think that can happen. Now, what I'm seeing out of the Lakers is just not a lot of effort besides LeBron. And basically, like you said, Austin Reeves plays hard, but it seems like they just have no defense, no shooting. They have the second hardest schedule left in the NBA. A lot of games on the road. I I think I feel like a team like San Antonio or Sacramento could squeeze in there. I don't. I mean, we could too, but I don't really want that. Now we, the, we could tell we're full tanking. Yeah, I think we're full tanking. If we had Nurkic, I think we could have slided it in there. But yeah, I mean, I I feel like the Pelicans are going to jump them, so they're going to be fighting for that last spot. And I feel like you know Sacramento is really going for it. The Spurs, I don't know anything about that team as much, but uh, I just feel like the Kings are going to make a little late push. They got to you know they got to go to got a couple of good pieces um but yeah i think it's going to be probably between the kings and the lakers for that last spot they have a five game lead on them right now so it's a little bit of ground but i don't know that just <laughs> i mean it's a loss any either way for the lakers to be the last team into the play-in for what they have i mean if there's a team that's going to blow a five a five game lead it's the lakers because they just they just string together losing streaks and then followed by a winning streak and then they just lose and lose and lose. And what you were saying about LeBron being the only one to play hard, plays hard besides Reeves, he does, but at times, like, you can tell he's just way too gassed to even play defense and, like, frustrated. But. Yeah, he, he has those couple of things where he just, if he doesn't get a call, he'll just sit back there and they'll have a five on four or something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's LeBron, so he's going to get you 20 to 25 points a night. He's going to get other people involved. He's going to do the stuff that he needs to do to have his team to win. But right now, he just says no help. Yep, and part of me feels bad for him. Part of me says, you wanted Westbrook, so this is good. And Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is so bad. <laughs> if they just traded for healed, this would be so different. Dwight Howard was getting absolutely... Mopped by Zubac and Hartenstein tonight. It's it's embarrassing. I've I have done my Dwight rant before on this podcast, so don't need to do it again. But and then Reggie Jackson on the other side with one of the highest plus minuses I've ever seen a plus forty four. My gosh, he was Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson shot thirty shots from the field. How many make fourteen? But still. Still I mean, a good percentage. Yeah, Reggie Jackson shooting 30 shots in a game. That's that's crazy. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we're like ESPN. We're like the media. We're giving these losers too much attention right now. They're bums. So yeah. Should we move on to the actual elite teams? Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Who has impressed you the most this week? Because for me, it's been Philly, and it's not even been close. Yeah, it's been Philly for me, too. I talked about last week how I felt like Harden 
maybe lost a step, but seems like he's been rejuvenated. Seems like he's lost 10 pounds. Seems like he's back to Harden-esque and the beginning days in Houston. And you just guess he just wanted to get out of Brooklyn. Yeah, it's pretty concerning how quickly he can just lose weight on his little Harden diet. And just he's fine now after just being absolutely terrible all year, not hustling, not playing defense, not shooting the ball, making up injuries. It's, I mean, good for him, but it's it's not a great look. But watching that team, a few nights ago, I believe Maxi Harden and Embiid all had 25-plus, and Harden's, getting, Harden's been getting like 27.99 and 36.9, things like that. I think they look like not just title contenders, but like, possibly favorites in the East now. Well, yeah, it seems like Maxi's kind of stepped in to be their third guy over Harris. So if you have Harris, like a guy like Tobias Harris as your fourth option on offense, that's pretty, it's a pretty stacked, you know, kind of core. And then the fifth person's going to be a defensive guy like Thibel or Danny Green on the wing. So someone that can make threes, but is going to be guarding the best player on the opposing team. So you don't really need him as much on offense. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a pretty good uh, first week and a half for the Sixers in the new era of Philly. Yeah, I, I think Diable is hard to play in the playoffs on certain teams. Like if the Blazers tried to play him, it'd be a mess. But their starting five might be the most perfect starting five right now. They've got an elite center. They've got an elite ball-dominant guard and Harden. And then, obviously, Maxi is a great player, and Tobias Harris spaces the floor. So it's not really an issue to have Thibel kind of so limited on offense because he can still hit the open three, and he's a lockdown defender. I I think they just have a perfect lineup. and Yeah, I think they'll, 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 go, they'll go back between Thibel and Green. I feel like, well, Green's not like the guy he used to be shooting, but he's been in a lot of big games and they might, if Thibault, you know, gets too aggressive on one night and he gets a couple fouls or three fouls in the first quarter, they might rely on Danny Green a little bit more. Uh, but they have a lot of options. They also have Niang who seems like he never misses. So yeah, uh, they got a good team. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about them getting DeAndre Jordan this morning. I was about to say, they don't really have a bench at all. I mean, they have, Paul Millsap. They have Millsap, who's too old. They have Court Maz, who's pretty good. Shake Milton, Yang. But no, nothing elite. I think they've got the best starting five, probably. Um, and then DeAndre Jordan. I, I simply don't understand why. It's like, I hate these headlines. DeAndre Jordan waved the Sixers are the front runners to get him. Like, well, they're the only ones who won him, and he sucks. <laughs> like, why? Did you see it? Did you see his pass the other night? No. Oh my god, his pass, he had a, well, he's probably right because you turned it off. They brought DeAndre Jordan in, uh, and he had, he got a rebound, he tried to run the break, and he threw it from the other free throw, and he threw it like 15 rows back. Oh, I did see that. That was terrible. He looked like, he looked like the new Denver Broncos quarterback. They just, they Denver, like, all right, we're done. Yeah, you're done, you're out of here. And I like how Lakers think that, you know, getting rid of DJ August or getting rid of DeAndre Jordan and signing DJ Augustine and 
And uh, what's Wenyan Gabriel? Wenyan Gabriel is going to make the difference for them. I I don't understand that team, but yeah, I don't know why signing DeAndre Jordan. People think that's a good idea, maybe just for chemistry. But it's like, oh, the Sixers lead the race for him because they're the only ones who want him. If he can't make the Lakers squad, I don't know how they think that he's going to help them. I don't know. So I don't think he's going to play very much. So Part of I don't me know. Pick this team to win the, win the championship now. I know I said Suns, Bucks all year, but Bucks have been concerning me lately a little bit. Yeah, the Bucks. I just think they're in just kind of control mode. It seems like I feel like they're still a team to beat. Yeah, well, it's just my opinion. Um, the Sixers did beat them, I believe, without Harden. But obviously, things are going to look different when everybody's healthy, or depending on who's healthy in the playoffs. So that'll be a great series. Um, and then we don't know what we're going to get from Brooklyn. And Miami will Miami will be solid. I think everyone knows that. So. Yeah, well, Miami's the best. Like, I wouldn't say them or Memphis probably are the best chemistry team. I would say there's they have a really good system. They have a great coach. Um, but yeah, they're they're a great team. I don't think they have the most talent, but I think they have a great team. Yeah, speaking of Memphis, John Morant has just been on an absolute tear. Fifty-two points this week, followed up or forty-six points this week, followed up by a fifty-two point game. That was the most points in Memphis Grizzlies history. And now every team in the NBA has had a 50-point game at some point. The Grizzlies were the last team without one. Do you think Jaw has a case for the MVP? He's starting to make a run for it. I think he's a little too far back right now. I think he already has one of the awards kind of wrapped up, which is kind of crazy because you don't usually see a star kind of get the most improved player, but he's made the jump from a star to like an elite superstar already. I feel like he's already got that one in the bag unless he got hurt. Um, but I think he's just, he's probably like fifth, I would say on the MVP list right now. So he has a little bit of ways to go, but he could be one. Of, he, if he did pull out the MVP, I think he'd be the first person to ever get multiple awards on one specific year because I already think he has the most improved already wrapped up. And how do you, who do you think is ahead of him if you think he's fifth? Uh, Embiid, for sure. Jokic. Uh, DeRozan. And then I, I, he, he could be fourth or fifth. I think it's probably between him and Curry for fourth. And fifth. Yeah, the thing for me, like, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. I'm not saying I think uh, Morant should be the MVP, but he has pulled together a team that no one expected to be good. They've got the best chemistry in the NBA. They've won a ton of games with guys in other lineups, even with him out, but they have 43 wins while the Sixers have 38, Bulls have 39, Bucks have 38, and the Warriors have 43. Oh, I forgot Giannis. You're right. Giannis, Giannis is fourth. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that the, the Grizzlies have the most wins out of all those teams besides the Warriors, and Morant's just come out of nowhere to pull this team together who's way outperforming what anyone thought they'd be. I think he should be considered more seriously. But regardless of whether he wins that, there's no player I'd rather go to a game to watch live than him. 
Yeah, yeah, like the highlights he's been producing over the last week, you could build a full-on, you know, season highlight reel for it. And he's only it's only been three games. Uh, it seemed like in that San Antonio game, he had like five incredible plays. Uh, tonight, he had an incredible alley-oop dunk. Um, yeah, it just seems like every single game, there's at least one or two amazing highlights that will probably be put on top shot. <laughs> I mean... Some of these highlights that he puts on a nightly basis. So he had a posterizing dunk um, on Pirtle, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he had a game winner that was like a full court Hail Mary, caught it in midair, 0.8 left or something, threw it in at the buzzer. Not a game winner, sorry. Uh, buzzer but, beater. And then in the All-Star game, he caught an alley-oop and did a 360 after catching the ball and dunking it. And then earlier in the year, he had that block with two hands that he just got up in the sky for most some of these plays are like the best plays of a great player's career and he like highlight wise and he makes them on a nightly basis yeah uh i mean the future is crazy in memphis i mean for their elite guy to already be in this kind of form and he's only 22 it's i mean the only thing that scares me is just this is how hard he plays and uh, how you know quirky and how high he gets up for his jumps if he just take one one bad landing one bad angle uh, it just feels like he could get hurt at any specific time which kind of makes me you know it makes him exciting to watch but it also makes you kind of nervous to watch yeah the poster dunks he goes for are a little bit dangerous but one good sign for him is he's now up to 34.4 percent from three on the year on 4.5 attempts per game that's the highest percentage of his career and the highest attempt. So I think that's trending in the right direction. Yeah, he's. it seems like the last week he's kind of been in scoring mode. Yeah. Uh, just kind of just going one-on-one and just kind of doing a little LeBron-esque but just a smaller body, just running into people and just seeing if they can stop him. And some of his finishes are just incredible. It's It's pretty crazy to me. Um, but yeah, in February, his, uh, three point percentage has actually been down, but in general, he's just scoring a ton of points. He averaged 33 points a game in February. Um, so as you said, in total score mode and those 52 point games and the 46 point game helped a lot, but, uh, Memphis is like, if the Blazers aren't going to be in the playoffs, I'll probably root for Memphis. Not because I've ever liked their franchise before, but I really like their team now. I really like John Moran. And I always want to see, like, a team chemistry-driven team do well. Great team colors, too. I do like the colors. I like Brandon Clark on the team as well, Killian Tilly. Don't, don't love Killian, but former, former Zag. I got a Brandon Clark jersey. I'm ready to rep it. Yeah, a couple of Zags on the team. There was a moment a few days ago when uh, three Zags were fighting for the rebound, and I, I felt pretty cool. Pretty proud, except that Killian Tilly never actually plays. So, who's the other Zag on the Grizzlies? He was on the Grizzlies. Oh, they, there weren't oh. three guys fighting for the same rebound. Um, probably Rui Collins. or something. It was Zach Collins. Oh, uh, Zach Collins, Killian Tilly, and Brandon Clark were all going for the ball. But uh, I pretty much bring up bring up the fact that these guys won the Zags every podcast. So we can <laughs> move on. Um. Moving on to Brooklyn, Katie returned tonight, still lost. 
The Nets now sit in the eighth seed in the East. They're 32 and 32, which is pretty crazy considering their roster, although we all know that there's just a ton going on there. They are currently two and a half games above the 11th seed for missing the playoffs altogether. So talk about the Lakers maybe missing. The Lakers are at least about four games above a team that might want to move in front of them, while the Nets are two and a half. And I think it'd be... I don't know which one would be more shocking. I think I'd be more shocked if the Nets missed the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, this is a game they should have won tonight. They were playing Miami, who, you know, is great, but Miami was out, was without two of their best players, Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, and they still lost with Kevin Durant coming back. Um, Durant had to do a lot of putting a lot of load on his plate as well for someone that's been out for. Seems like it's been about a month, month and a half, and he played 35 minutes, scored 31 points, still lost. Uh, I don't. It's kind of Durant with this team. It looks like it'd be another like the Lakers. It's just him versus everybody else. It kind of relies on if Ben Simmons is actually going to play this year, or if Kyle Lowry, I mean not Kyle Lowry, um, Kyrie is able to play home games because right now. They're in the playing game. If they get to like that tenth or ninth spot, I don't even know if he's going to be able to play in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks like the mandates are moving towards. We're moving towards a, a time where Kyrie doesn't have to be vaccinated to play in Brooklyn. But who knows how fast that's going to come and if it comes? Because I know there are two opinions on it. There's one side that says, "Okay, well." If road players don't have to come in and be vaccinated, then nobody should have to. But then there's a side that's like, okay, well then let's let no one that's unvaccinated play. So who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, it's well, it seems like what they've played six, like their last six games. Ky- Kyrie's played one of them, and he scored almost forty. So it's he's he still creates and is one of the best point guards in the NBA, but he's just not being able to play. I'd be so frustrated if I were Durant. It's like, man, we're about to miss the playoffs. I've worked my ass off all year. I'm hurt. I'm coming back early. Harden, you know, cried his way out of the, off the team. And Joe Harris has now announced surgery. He's out for the year. And we they're in danger of being in the playing situation. And, like, let's be real here. The Nets would probably win play-in game. But if they drop to the nine and they play Atlanta and Trey gets hot or – something like that, they could lose. They could be out in one game. Yeah, I mean, especially if, I mean, we'd, we'd think that it's going to happen, but if they if Kyrie isn't able to play in that game and Ben Simmons is only like a week of basketball in the last two years in, in a pressure situation, you don't know what his head's going to be like. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a sketchy situation there in Brooklyn for sure. And it seems like a lot of their role guys that were putting a lot of stats up at the beginning of the year, guys like, uh, like Patty Mills, uh, Aldridge, Cam Thomas has kind of slowed down a little bit. They're kind of in a little bit of a slump, so it's not it's not been helping them out either. Uh, they did buy out Goran Dragic, which was a little bit of help for the point guard position for when Kyrie's not able to play. So that's going to help them out a little bit. But, yeah, I just don't. I don't know. They don't. Them and the Lakers, it just really just scratches your head. I don't like with the talent with their that their stars are supposed to have. It's just 
crazy that they might be only at best playing in the playing game. Yeah, it's like both teams are going to be in the playing game. When before the season started, people were complaining about how overpowered these rosters are. It's not fair that these big cities get assigned guys to minimums, have all these stars, blah, 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 blah. And this year has just shown that team chemistry has actually been much bigger than stardom. Um, I'm looking at the standings, trying to come up with the best-case scenario for the Nets. They're five games back of the sixth seed. They're not catching that. It's just not going to happen with Kyrie being out and Durant being 50-50 every night. Best-case scenario is they play the Raptors, probably. It doesn't look like the Raptors are going to move either. So best-case scenario is they play the Raptors in the 7-8, which means if it's at home, currently Kyrie can't play. If it's in Toronto, Kyrie can't play. So Kyrie's probably not playing in this game either way. If they win that game, then they play either Philly, Miami, Milwaukee, or the Bulls, depending on who ends up there. So they're playing a great team either way. And then if they lose that game, they're in a single elimination game where then they would have to play either the Heat, Sixers, Bulls, or Bucks. So it just doesn't look good for them at all. No. Yeah. They're in a little bit of a better position. I don't, know, I, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I would say they're in a little bit of a better position than the Lakers. I don't think Because like you said... Like the and the Wizards don't have the Wizards aren't a great squad. I don't think the Wizards are gonna creep in there, but yeah, they don't have a lot of outs to go with. The East, the top of the East is fantastic. So even if they do win the playing game, they're gonna have to play a really good team. Yeah, I think the Lakers are in a better spot just because of the Kyrie thing. No one knows what's happening there. No one knows what's happening with Ben Simmons, and the Lakers at least can hope Anthony Davis comes back. And they don't have to deal with the fact that Brooklyn might have to play in Toronto, which Kyrie might not be able to play in. So Durant's also hurt. They're both in terrible situations, and I love it. Yeah. I'd love if they both got bounced in the first round. But if, the, if, the, if LeBron gets in a play-in and wins a game, he'll never, he'll never put the play-in format down again. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I don't really understand the Ben Simmons situation. Sounds like he's still a long way away. Uh, I heard in practice that someone tried to get a video of him dunking, and he, he pointed to his back and said no. I, I don't really know what's going on there. Have you heard anything? I don't really know anything about Ben Simmons. All I know is that he's just not playing. It doesn't seem like he's going to be playing in this upcoming week either. Uh, it seemed like they did the trades because they thought that he was ready to play and he's just not ready to play. So, uh, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule and I think I know why he's not playing. Cause they're playing Philly, Philly next week. He's, there's no way that they want him to play against Philly and ruin his confidence again. As soon as that game's over, his ma- his back will magically be okay. His mental health will magically be okay. And then he'll come in there and they'll be screwed with positioning still. Yeah. But enough on them. So Chris Paul went down this week. A little bit of a a shift towards the West into Phoenix, where I was this past weekend, actually. And weird thing, I was in Scottsdale and in Phoenix. I swear to you, I did not see one single Suns hat, shirt, logo, anything on my entire weekend. And I saw three Blazers hats. From people that you knew or people you didn't know? And people I didn't know. Oh, okay. I saw three random Blazers gear. Actually, one was a mask. 
two were hats. I did not see a single Suns thing anywhere the whole weekend. It was very odd. I wonder if I was just around tourists in Scottsdale or whatever. But <laughs> anyway, Chris Paul went down with another wrist injury, which he weirdly played in the All-Star game with. It was kind of He crazy. played two minutes in the All-Star game. He tried to shoot a shot left-handed. It was kind of cringe. And then someone set a screen on him. I think it was I Gobert. Gobert. And he like got mad at the guy. It's like, dude, don't play that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why he wanted to play in that game. But uh, you can see that, I mean, they don't have any, I don't think they have any worry of going down from the one seed. Like you saw last night, they were playing the Blazers, but their team is just so deep. Uh, I don't think there's going to be anyone that's going to be able to catch them. Yeah, no way. Uh, there's seven and a half games up of the Warriors right now. And, you know, uh, Devin Booker is also in COVID, so it seems like he's going to be out probably for a week. But it just kind of gives them an opportunity to run their offense through Aiden uh, and have their wings kind of step into scoring roles like uh, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder and stuff like that. So it's going to get a little bit more confidence for their other guys. Um, I don't think it matters if they lose three or four games before Booker comes back. They're still going to be comfortably fine, and then when Booker's back, um, they're still a they're still a probably a top of the West team even without Chris Paul, and then Chris Paul kind of makes them a Western Conference favorite with them. So uh, I think they're completely fine. I don't think it reshapes anything. It just kind of gives little bit of the role players more confidence, which is actually a good thing. Wait, are we sure Chris Paul's actually hurt? Like I, this is totally just. Something I'm thinking of now, but this is kind of the best case scenario for them. There's no way they're losing the one seed, and as 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 fun as it is to have a good record, it doesn't actually matter as long as you get the one seed. Chris Paul has a has a history of injuries and has been playing through a wrist injury for a while, so him sitting out basically, you know, prevents any big injury happening for the playoffs, and he gets rest. Booker's gonna get some rest here. I think this is actually the best case scenario for them, even if they have a little bit worse of a record because of it. But I feel like Chris Paul isn't as hurt as they're giving off because it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't match up that he'd be announced out, play in the All-Star game. I know we played a few minutes, but it was weird. And kind of his timetable lines up perfectly with when the playoffs come back. And... He gets rest. I think it. I think it's convenient. I. I. I'm sure he's hurt because you could see in the replay he obviously got hurt. But I, I wonder if he's actually that hurt. If the playoffs. I don't know. Chris Paul. Chris Paul seems to play through injuries a lot of the time. So he usually plays when he's out there. But he's getting older in age. Maybe he wants to rest up for the playoffs. Well, he plays uh, yeah. injuries and then he gets hurt every year. So maybe this is his. Yeah. His change. But yeah, the Suns. The Suns. Uh, Last night seemed like without Chris Paul being their leader, they seemed like they were having fun. Did you see them before the warm-ups? I mean, anyone have fun playing against the Blazers. Did you see them singing to Young Boy, NBA Young Boy? Yeah. It was hilarious, actually. But, um, yeah, I don't think that was a flu if, you know, Chris Paul's on the floor, them taking the mop and kind of pretending it like a microphone. I don't think you would ever see Chris Paul doing something like that. Yeah. But, having- yeah, I don't know. They they seem they seem fine. They're comfortably at the one spot, so I think there's no need to. It's not going to jumble anything at the top of the Western Conference. Yeah. 
And just behind them, like we said, Warriors seven and a half games back and the Grizzlies eight. So it's more going to be a race of Memphis and the Warriors rather than Phoenix and either of those teams. Moving on to other teams in the West. I know this is something you wanted to talk about. Who is more dangerous to you, the Mavericks, the Clippers, or the Timberwolves? I would say right now the Mavericks are because they have the best player of those of those three, um, and Luka. But if one of the players of Kawhi or Paul George was able to come back, the Clippers are a very dangerous team, I think. I don't know what you, your spectrum was on them. They're very and they're very team oriented. We talked about it earlier in our podcast that they feel like they don't give up on a lot of their games. If they're down by 20, they kind of come together and, uh, you know, they've pulled off three 25 point wins this year. Uh, they're very, very deep. They got Norman Powell. They got, uh, well, Norman Powell's hurt as well, but they got Covington at the break. So they have a lot of wing guys, a lot of guys that are able to switch, um, play really good defense. Um, Reggie Jackson's kind of stepped into a score because he doesn't really have a lot of on-ball scores. They're kind of all out, per se, so he's kind of running the offense. But if you were to have, like, Reggie Jackson as, like, your third best scorer, I mean, I can see them maybe winning a round or two in the playoffs. Yeah, I I don't think I'm quite as high on them as you. I think I think they play hard, and I think that Ty Lewis one of the best coaches in the NBA, probably not better than Spolstra, but I think though Ty Lue's right behind Spolstra for Coach of the Year. Yeah, I mean, if they get one of those guys back, mainly Kawhi, I think they could do it. Their ceiling—they don't have a ceiling. They could win the title, but without them, I don't see it. Uh, Ty Lue did say um, the last we heard from him was on February fourth. The last report about Kawhi was that he's probably not going to play this year, but we haven't really heard anything since. That was on February fourth. And then Paul George, the last we heard, was on February 25th saying that George remains out without a timetable. So we're not really sure. I feel like the Clippers would kind of hide it if they were coming back, especially with Kawhi. He's always seemed kind of to navigate behind the scenes. Um, But you're right. If they get those guys back or even just Kawhi, they probably don't have a ceiling. They could win the championship. Without them, I think they're a team that plays hard, but I don't see, with their current positioning, them beating the Warriors or the Suns. I mean, they made the, they made the conference finals last year without them. I think they're, they're deeper. Yeah, without Kawhi, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Paul George was able to come back, their team's honestly deeper than it was last year. So, um, I think they're a scary team that I wouldn't want to play a seven-game series against. Because if you get a 20 or 20 point lead, I mean, 20, 25 point lead, they're not going to give up like a team like the Lakers or maybe the Timberwolves that haven't been in that position would be. So uh, they're a really gritty team and they're a team I really, really like to watch. So, yeah, I know, I know you like them. I just think the difference is that their first round is going to be against the Suns or the Warriors, whereas last year it was against Dallas. Um, and that was with Paul George, but we'll see. I forget. Last year, Kawhi played in the first round as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different. I, I may, maybe you're right though. Ty Lue is a great coach, and they do play hard. But when you just look at their lineup, I just they're gonna have they're not 
they're not going to have the best player on the floor in any series. Unless, what do you mean, Reggie Jackson? I mean, they, on any given <laughs> night, maybe, but... <laughs> well, if they're playing the Blazers, they might. <laughs> my my uh, City League team would have the best player on the floor against the Blazers. I'm just kidding. Anthony Simons is great. But... I don't know. I was kind of. I've been wrong so far about Keon. He hasn't looked very great. He's still hurt, though. I mean, he's Johnson, gone, but he's just coming back from injury. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't look like I thought he would look. Because I, I was watching him on the Clippers, and he looked pretty good. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's new to him. They're telling him to tank, but okay. So you, we have this question: Mavericks, Clippers, or Temple? Does that mean that you think the Jazz and the Nuggets are better than all those teams? Uh, I do. I agree. I, I don't really care about the Jazz. I think everyone is kind of tired. Uh, the Jazz has a great... They, they're they the most bland team. Yeah, and we all... The and they're, they're, they're always going to be 20, 25 games above 500, probably at the end of the year, but they're going to be three of the four seed. Um, but yeah, I, they, they just... They need to show it in the... Uh, in the playoffs, you know, it all kind of starts with their defense in the playoffs because their defense and their offense, I guess, because it all kind of starts with Rudy. He's not been able to kind of stay on the floor in the playoffs. They kind of pick on him. Yeah, I agree. And when they've had Whiteside in there instead of Rudy, they've just really struggled on defense. Rudy makes up for a lot. That team's actually not very good defensively, even though people thought that they were. He just covers for everyone. And I, I feel bad for the guy. He gets played off the floor every year in the playoffs, but I think we know it's going to happen again. Um, I'd take pretty much any team over them in the West right now, in the top six at least. And I or I saw Jokic alive a few nights ago. Did you see that, like, spinning, no-look, underhand, two-hand pass? Oh, yeah. I don't, the, the guy missed it in the corner, though, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. like, the best pass I've ever seen, though. The, mm-hmm. Just watching him navigate the game without even scoring, really. Like, I'm pretty sure he had an eight-point game this week against us and then, like, a four or something. I don't know. He doesn't have to score, and he could just create for all these guys. If they get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, like, like it's been rumored this week, obviously those guys could easily come back and not be effective. But if they get those guys back, like, they're a sleeper team for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that I could see him winning a championship, but I'm not going to rule it out just because I think Jokic is that good. And uh, Yeah, Jokic, Jokic is probably the – I mean, like you said, he's going to be top three again in the MVP. He won it last year. Um, he's the best player in the league, I think. I, yeah, he's the most consistent. He, yeah, he's probably the best player in the NBA, right? Yeah, I'd give him the nod over Embiid just because he can – literally win a game by like not shooting the ball. There, there was a time two years ago when he did not shoot. I think it was my sophomore year, three years ago. Yeah, I remember. I'd have him on all my fantasy teams and yeah. he wouldn't shoot. He literally was zero for zero and then sh- attempted a game winner and missed. So he went over for one. But he literally shot his first shot with one second left. Yeah, Mike Malone would get so mad at him. I know. People used to hate Malone, but I don't think he's that bad of a coach now. But I we we got to get back on track here. <laughs> um, do we want to talk about the West anymore, or do we want to go kind of 
Let's go two weeks back and talk about the All-Star break really quickly. Uh, we kind of talked about the West. I'm about to, I'm going to talk about the East a little bit in a little bit. So I guess we can talk about the All-Star. I mean, the what a what a putrid slam dunk contest. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. Obi Topping won, but I hope we can get back to the days when good players do it. I think John Morant doing it next year would mean a lot, but it sounds like he doesn't really want to. Um, John Morant versus Greg Brown. Dude, put Greg Brown in there. Oh, we talked about how all these Blazers have been in a, a slam dunk contest, but we forgot about one. Do you, when ben, do you remember when Ben McElmore was in a slam dunk contest? And he dunked over Shaq? I don't, actually. Yeah, he was in a slam dunk contest. I think he was in the one with John Wall. Like it doesn't surprise me because going to the games, I did, when he was in Sacramento, so that's why he dunked on Yeah. Yeah. To the games, he throws uh, balls off the backboard into between the legs dunks, like, consistently. He's actually a really good dunker. Um, never he just he never he never steps like the the two point area is like hot lava for him. He never goes in there. Yeah, and if he does, it's just for a fadeaway jumper. He'll never he'll he never tries to dunk in the game. But yeah, he is a good dunker. You're right. But, the but yeah, we forgot about him. Pretty good. Carl Anthony Towns won. Uh, he wants to prove himself as the best shooting big man of all time, and he's on track winning the three point contest. Yeah, we were both wrong about that. We didn't go for Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, we we went for Desmond Bain, and I went for Trey Young. I thought Trey Young was going to do it for a little bit, but uh, yeah, Towns got hot, and he is probably one of the best three point shooters of all time at at that big man position. I don't really call Dirk a big man. I think he's like a power forward. Carl Anthony Towns is kind of like an actual center, um, but yeah, he great shooter, great performance. Um, that was the best event of the night, probably. Yeah, I, I did like the skills competition more than the dunk contest, just because the dunk contest was the worst TV I've ever watched. Um, I saw I saw one that they were they were four for like thirty eight in the in the first round for dunks. Just embarrassing. I think guys got to realize that you you've got to make your dunk on the first first attempt and maybe second. Or else it's just not exciting. They should just give, like, uh, who cares if they make it on the third attempt? They should get, like, sixes or sevens or something. I don't know. I know. But they were, they were missing so many dunks that they were actually getting tired. Like, the, the, the dude from Golden State, like, he couldn't even jump at the end of it. Oh, <laughs> he couldn't even that. get off the ground. They kept like not going up for not doing an attempt, so they get to go again. It's like yes, yeah. by by rule, you get to keep dunking, but every time you do this, everyone gets less or less impressed because it's not surprising. The element of surprise is gone after the first attempt. It took Jalen Green ten ten attempts to make his first dunk. I thought it took him like fifty. He didn't even some of them didn't didn't even make a dunk. Like they used all their attempts and just no dunks. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. It's so bad. I think the only thing that was fun in the All Star game, Friday night's Rising Stars Challenge was good. I like that format. They should do it again. Oh, it was great. Um, awesome. And then All Star game, I actually liked it a lot. Steph went absolutely nuts. I had a one dollar bet on him to be the leading scorer in the game, so I was freaking out. Just launching 
35 footers turning around as soon as they leave his hand, dancing, talking to people. Hit 16 threes. Absolutely ridiculous. It's 16. He, well, he had like 15 and three quarters. The fourth quarter, he was kind of garbage. Yeah, fourth quarter, he was kind of throwing for the record. Uh, he but was, the, the Elam ending, like we talked about, is really it's super, super intense, and I like it. They should do um, it for the in-season tournament if they uh, ever do an in-season tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really, really entertaining. Always going to be a game-winning shot. LeBron's game-winning shot was great. Yep. Um, it was really good defense, too. So, I mean, it wasn't like a in-the-second-quarter type of, you know, fadeaway shot or something. It was it was good defense, game on the line. It was a tough, and it, tough. It was a great shot. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah it was super fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, the Elam ending is really, really cool. My favorite part of that, about those All-Star games, not, not actually my favorite part, it's just, like, interesting how – they set them up so that, you know, Team Durant picks a charity, Team LeBron picks a charity, they donate to based on who wins the quarters. And they show these kids, it'll be like a tied quarter, like 25-25, or let's be realistic, 50-50. to And these kids are like biting their nails, crying, <laughs> like nervous out of their minds about whether they're going to get this charity donation or not. And these guys are just running around, dunking, letting people go. And these kids got, like, so much on the line. I just, it's... They, they both, like, they both still got a lot of money. They do, but, like, yeah. it's, just, it's interesting to see. And, like, it, it is great. It is great for them. They get money no matter what. But it, these kids are always so nervous. They show one side and they're going crazy. They show the other. There's like little girls that are like tears running down their face. It, it's interesting. <laughs> I get what they're trying to do, but it's kind of cruel. Yeah, they should just give they should just give every team a specific amount of money or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Steph saved that game. LeBron had the final say. Um, and Steph was still MVP, correct? Yes. Yep. So it was it was a pretty good All Star weekend. I think the dunk contest just kind of dampened everything, but everything. Else. And then and then uh, Halliburton won something. He won the the whatever you call it the the spot shots with yeah. Desmond Bain as his partner. I thought the uh, most telling part of that weekend was just how good of a shooter Evan Mobley is. I did not realize. Unless that was just fluky. I knew he could shoot, but my gosh, he was hitting shot after shot. How quickly do you think if we were to do that competition, how quick do you think we'd be able to do it? Well, that was a – I'm talking about the one where they were – Oh, you're talking about the the skills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could do that one better than some of those players just because they're walking – but, I'm talking about I'm talking about the the special shots for the 75th thing. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I mean, I, we could have done as we could have done as good as Scotty Barnes and no and Maxi. They they missed seven layups. Scotty Barnes and Tyrese Maxi. You think these NBA players like have nerves of steel, and then you see they miss seven layups in a row. <laughs> Once you miss one each, then it gets to your head, and then, oh my gosh, I could not believe that. Just dunk it. 
Yeah, I could, I, well, Maxi probably couldn't, but Barnes could dunk it from that far, probably. Yeah, and I think I could have done better than the Giannis brothers. I don't know why Giannis kept letting Thanasis be the shooter for that, like, little... Like, well, what I don't get is that there's no penalty for missing all three. Why don't you just just take all three and just throw them on the ground and go? Well, that's because Reggie Miller kept saying that that's what they should do, and we don't like Reggie Miller, so... Oh. Reggie Miller today, they they were saying on TNT that the Lakers were dropping DeAndre Jordan and the Sixers were picking them up, and Reggie goes, oh, great pickup by the Lakers getting DeAndre Jordan. I'm not even sure if he knows what team he's on. Well, him and, him and Kevin Harlan are the best because they both don't, don't know what's going on. It'd be, like, it'd be like Reggie Jackson shoots like a 15-foot shot, and they'll say, Reggie Jackson for three. <laughs> I know. I, I love Harlan. Reg, and Reggie Miller's entertaining. He just doesn't always know what's going on, but... It's I think okay. what, there was there was there was, I think you remember it was the Portland versus the Nets or something and it was like uh Wesley Matthews like layup. <laughs> he said Wesley Matthews from downtown. <laughs> He's not even watching. He's not even watching it. Or he'll get the players confused. Uh it's it's funny, but I, uh, yeah, Marv Albert did that a lot too. Yeah. Marv was the worst. Marv would bring in football <laughs> players' names. <laughs> More guys that have been retired for like thirty years, but I don't know. It's it was a decent All Star break, but probably not. Probably not. I'd say that the game met my expectations, and everything else did. The dunk contest just dampened it, and I think it's. I still like the All Star weekend as much as people complain. I'll watch it. You'll watch it. It's entertaining. Yep. Do you want to move into performances of the week? We talked about John Morant. We talked about James Harden. What else caught your eye? Um, I think something that probably got looked over because they've been losing. Uh, R.J. Barrett had a great week. I think he well he played against Philly twice. They lost both those games. He put up twenty four and thirty. And then against Miami, put up his career high forty six points, which was you know losing effort. So I don't know. R.J. Barrett had a great week. Um, we talked about Jaw. Uh, Trey had a great week as well. I think a couple games over forty and ten assists. So uh, those are two kind of guys besides Jaw that put up some good stats. Um, Trey and winning performances, but R.J. and losing performances. Mm-hmm. I think Luca deserves a shout as well. Mavericks have been great lately, one of the best records um in the past few months. And Luca had a big game this week. I don't remember how much it was. I I wanna say it was fifty something. Uh maybe it was just like forty, but he had forty one tonight against the Warriors in a win. And just for how well they've been playing lately, even after trading Porzingis, I think he obviously deserves some recognition. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's playing really really well um, since Porzingis left too. So he's just I don't think him and Porzingis got along very well. Uh, so reason for the trade. Um, yeah. yeah, he's got a lot of spacing around him, so he can kind of just go five out and just Luca ball. Yeah, and it's it's working out for him right now. He's yeah. in shape. Usually at the beginning of the year, he's not in shape, so he's kind of. This is like the beginning of the season, I guess, for him. He's playing really well. 
Yeah, if we've learned anything this year, it's that you can come into your job overweight and play your way into shape. So except if unless your name unless your name is Raymond Felton, then you can't. Well, that yeah, that's that's definitely an exception. But I'm on Basketball Reference and just looking at Lucas' games this week. He had a 49 point game, 23 point game, 34, 25. So he's been really good lately. Um, and as you know, Basketball Reference they got all the nicknames: Wonder Boy, El Nino, Swaggy L, Too Easy, Cool Hand. <laughs> Never heard any of those names. I, I'll never understand basketball reference. They will throw any name. I'm gonna like for Lillard. They've got Sub Zero, Big Game Dame. Never really heard anyone call him that. And they call it Logo Lillard Dame Dollar. So I guess it's okay. But there's one name. I I think it's under Ben Simmons. They call him something really stupid. I mean, I don't think you'll it. you'll you'll see it when I I I remember an alert on it or something. Simo the Savage, Young Socialite, Fresh Prince, Peacemaker, Benny the Yank, Big Ben, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Who has ever called Ben Simmons that? The Who's yeah. ever called Ben Simmons Fresh Prince? Who knows? I don't know where these nicknames come from. Meanwhile, CJ McCollum has not a single nickname on here. Yeah, where three J is a very popular nickname. It's very. <laughs> they also call Nurkic the Bosnian bear. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always fun to look up basketball reference if you're if you're down on your team like we are the Blazers. But um, one segment I wanted to go into before we get too off topic is just Dark Horse Finals picks. I think I gave mine earlier. Um, besides the obvious, I think my picks, the, my surprise people are the Nuggets um, and... I think the Celtics have a chance. That's my team. My team's the Celtics. Um, and then, I guess in the West, it'd probably be... I guess they don't really talk about it. It'd probably be the Jazz. It just depends on how they're... If they can actually play Gobert in a, in a series. But I'd feel more confident in the Celtics. Celtics are playing really, really well. Playing really, really good defense. I mean, Jaw tonight had 38, but he started like one for nine. So, mm. so did Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain missed like his first seven threes. He made his first final five, but didn't really matter because they were down by 15. So it's like their their defense is great. They're without Jalen Brown as well, who's an all star wing who's really good on defense. Uh, you know, they have Derek White now who's a very good defender. Uh, Robert Williams is in a, probably the best interior defender right now besides Gobert and Miles Turner, but Miles Turner's been out for the whole, like, three months. So he's – Robert Williams has been playing great, another candidate for most improved player, but I think Jaws got it wrapped up. But, yeah, uh, I would say this – What was that? Uh, Robert Williams has caught the most alley-oop dunks in the league this year. Yeah, with – Really, not a point guard throwing it to him, which is yeah. kind of crazy. Yep. Actually, Imagine if he had like Chris Paul throwing him. So, to be honest, the Celtics look great tonight. They Horford was throwing lobs. Horford was hitting threes. Derek White looked good. They they looked good. They have had the best defense in the NBA in the last few months. They're eight and two in the last ten. Their point differential is above 
is actually the best in the entire Eastern Conference. And Jalen Brown's out right now. Yeah. Tatum Tatum looks really good. I am surprised. He didn't play too well tonight, but he has looked good lately. He had like 37 or something. Tonight? Yeah. Uh, well, it was, his, it was his birthday. What? It was his birthday tonight. Maybe I was just looking at the. You're right. He he did not. He scored 21 of his 37 in the fourth quarter. So yeah, I was I was looking early in the game. He wasn't shooting very well. But you're right. He did play well. So I take that back. Um, I'm gonna ask you a couple hypotheticals that are obviously I haven't told you them before, but I just want to hear your thoughts. So. First one is, can the Warriors get to the conference finals without Draymond? No. Okay. Can the Suns win a first-round series if Chris Paul is out? Yes. Because the Suns are literally... I, I don't know what telecast you were listening to last night, the Blazers or the ESPN, but... Uh, there was Van Gundy was like do you think the oh no it wasn't Van Gundy who was it I can't remember who it was but it's like do you think the Suns would be a, a play-in team without Chris Paul and Devin Booker I think they probably would that's tough like that, that team is really good it's, it is. I mean they're better like I think they I think they like if they had no Chris Paul or no Devin Booker, I think they're a 26 and 36 team. If they had neither, I don't think they'd make the play in. But it's hard to tell. It's like an impossible question because Chris Paul and Devin Booker run the entire team. But it's interesting. They definitely have a lot of talent. But yes, I think I think they'll win depending if they're playing the Lakers or the Pelicans, something like that. Yeah. Next question. Assuming Porter Jr. and Murray are back, who who has a better chance of winning the title? The Nuggets or the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies, because I think they're a better team overall. And then one more. If Zion magically comes back, we've gotten positive news. Zion magically comes back, and the Pelicans play the Suns in the first round without Chris Paul. Something like that. Do you think they have a chance? No, because they have no defense. Okay. Five games at most. All right. The, the, the Pelicans have been winning lately, but they still have no defense. Yeah. So now they, I mean, they took, they took Devontae Graham out of their lineup because he's so bad. Yeah. They he, could, him, him and McCollum couldn't stop anything. Yeah. He's, so now they have Ingram at the two, which is giving a little bit more size, but they, they their defense is very, very it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. I guess there's a few teams we haven't really talked about tonight. We talked about how the Sixers are looking to be, you know, contenders now. We talked about how the Heat are very solid, very good team ball. What do we think of the Bulls? Because obviously DeRozan's making an MVP push, but they've had a few a few tough losses lately. They've lost three in a row now. Do we still think of them as contenders? I've kind of never really thought they were true contenders. I just thought they've been a good team. No, I never really thought they were a contender. I thought they were the the tier below it. 
they think they're in the conversation with like the Celtics and I would say the Cavaliers are probably the tier below that. But they just haven't been all they they haven't really been healthy. So they just got Levine back tonight, I believe. But Caruso's been out for almost three months. They haven't been really fully healthy, so it's hard to put a a tag on them, but I do think they're a tier below Miami, Philly, and uh, Milwaukee. I mm-hmm. guess the Bro- and, and I, I I don't think Brooklyn's that good though, so I, I'm not gonna put Brooklyn in any tier. I think Boston's better than Chicago, but that's there's some recency bias there. But yeah, I think I, well, I think they're in the same tier. I don't think Boston's a tier ahead Chicago. That's true, and I guess we haven't seen Chicago with. Caruso and Patrick Williams in a while. If those guys come back. Who knows? There's been guys in and out of the lineup. I just don't think you can really go deep in the playoffs if Vucevic is your center. And Lonzo. Yeah. Lonzo's been out for a while. Yeah, no defense with Vucevic, so. Yeah, but yeah, if they're all healthy and Vucevic is like a third or fourth option, that's a, it's a good team. There's, I just don't think they have the they don't have the defense to stop a Giannis or an Embiid. Busevich is fine, but he's going to get eaten alive by Embiid. He's going to get just killed by Adebayo. I don't know. I'm not not too sure. I think I think if he matches up with like Robert Williams, he'll be fine. That's another guy that had a great couple of weeks. Adebayo's been playing great. Oh, Adebayo's been awesome. He's just, with how like quick and switchable he is, how good of a playmaker he is, he's an awesome center. I wish we had him. But yeah, besides them, Raptors are still looking solid. Don't think anyone expects too much out of them. And then the Hornets kind of been pretty bad since Hayward went down. Um, the they- Hornets had a really weird game last night where they beat the Cavs by 20 and Lamella Ball like didn't play. He had like four points or something. Yeah. They so so they they beat they beat Cleveland by twenty one points at Cleveland and Lamelo Ball had two points because he only played eight, he played eight minutes. It's like Isaiah Thomas had ten points. Kelly Oubre had nineteen. Um, Rozier had twenty nine. You're right though; it is pretty random. And Garland had thirty three. It, it it is a weird game. I, yeah, and Cleveland had everybody besides Levert. So. Very, very strange game. Um, I saw that. I saw the score last night. I wasn't watching. I saw the score and I was like, oh, maybe Lamelo's going after Garland as the best kind of young point guard in the NBA. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, I think he got in foul trouble and he just, they, that, that coach just didn't play him. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, I don't think there's a ton to talk about. In the East, I mean, obviously, we've spent an hour talking about it. Not a ton more. At oh, well, it's just how bad the Knicks are. It's, it's just how bad that how someone could be the coach of the year and then he's just kind of just running his team into the ground. I, just, I don't get it. He has so much young talent on that team, he just doesn't play. Was he coach of the year last year? He was coach of the year last year. My gosh. I mean... A lot of people were talking about how good they were early in the year when they got after a good start, and I was just, I don't see it. Not much there. They've lost six in a row. They're one of their last, they're one and nine in the last 10 games. The Wizards have obviously fell off hard. 
Magic have won a few games recently, but one over your Pacers, Halliburton. Halliburton's, Halliburton's just, it's 20 and 10 every night. It's great. Yeah, he's great. Team's not great. But they had a good comeback win against the Magic. And then Detroit, they got Cade Cunningham. That's all we really care about. He had a great dunk this week. Yeah, he did. But, 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 but I'll just talk about the Knicks real quick. I just don't, I don't get why he's playing guys like Burks and Fournier over 30 minutes over guys like quickly reddish top in. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't understand. It, I, it just doesn't make any sense. You gotta, I think he, maybe he knows that he's on his way out. So he's not developing the young guys or something, but those, you spent a lot of draft capital on these players and you just don't play them. We've been talking about this for three weeks. This doesn't play him. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. I think he and the front office are not on the same page. And with, the, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't know why they don't. They should just be playing young guys all the time. Yeah. They, should, they should have traded some of their pieces. I think some team might have wanted Dodge Gibson or something. But Well, I think Evan, Evan Fournier is one of the worst players in the NBA. Unless he's playing the Boston Celtics. He's also the last guy who you'd ever want to Google his last name. Don't, don't do it. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing I think about when I see him because someone someone told me not to Google his name, and of course I had to. But don't do it. Anyway, any anything else we want to talk about? I don't think we need to talk about the Rockets. They've lost like thirteen in a row, even though they went to overtime last night. Uh, yeah, the Rockets are the new front runner for Chet. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, if you want to pick, if you want to put Chet as the number one pick, but so they're gonna have Chet. Christian Wood and Shangun. <laughs> Chet and Chet and Shangun kind of that's a that's a that's a front court right there. Shang- Chet and Shangun. Yeah. Probably two of the I'm not I'm not trying to be mean, but two of the quirkiest kind of not good looking guys in the NBA. Yeah, Chet Chet's got a Chet is a long dude. Hopefully he can put on some <laughs> But yeah, I think we've pretty much covered every team at this point. Um, every team worth mentioning, at least. Thunder, we haven't talked about, but Giddy and Shay, obviously. Poku. Poku's been playing well, too. What's up with Poku? I swear he was good, and then the people were saying he was the worst player in the NBA, and he wasn't playing, and now he's back again. Yeah, he's playing minutes now. That dude is long. They, another, guy like, another guy like Chet. What is this guy? But yeah, if we're gonna keep talking about guys who uh, who look strange, then no offense to them, Poku and Chet, they would make a a nice a nice backcourt if they could put those guys together. That would be <laughs> with Giddy. With Giddy, yeah. They've got they'd have three of the <laughs> they got three white dudes out there. Yep. But uh, I think that's enough general NBA for the uh, upcoming week. Blazers have games against Minnesota that will be at Minnesota on Saturday at 5 p.m. and then we're playing at Minnesota again on Monday 5 p.m. followed up by at Utah 7 p.m. so I predict 0-3 I hope we go 1-3 and And I don't know what do you think Uh, 0-3 or 1-2 I hope not the I don't know. Maybe we played, we played 
a lot of good coaches this week where they threw the traps and stuff at Anthony. I don't know if the Timberwolves are going to do something like that. I know the Jazz are for sure, but I, I feel like they could steal one. And it's never easy to beat a team in the NBA, depending on how bad they are. To like, if you're playing back to back, so I feel like they could win one of those games. I feel like they're definitely probably gonna lose to the Jazz. So they're either gonna go zero and three or one and two. One of those games against uh, Minnesota. It'd probably be the second one. I feel like if we won one. But just because, like you said, it's hard to beat a team back-to-back. Just coaches make adjustments, so it's often the better team wins the first game and then the worst team wins the second one. I hope we go 0-3, though. Minnesota's been playing pretty well, too, and they've been playing without Edwards. So they've been playing pretty well. Uh, Carlton Towns has been playing really well. Uh, So, yeah, um, you know, a lot of fun, fun guys in those games. With Minnesota being pounds, probably Edwards will come back. Russell, Vanderbilt's always fun to watch. So, and then one of the most underrated players in the NBA, Donovan Mitchell. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, for for as anticlimactic as the Blazers have been this year, I'm I'm very excited for these playoffs. I mean, the East is just a bloodbath. One through eight right now. Miami, Philly, Bulls, Bucks, Celtics, Cavs, Raptors, Nets. Just star power all over. And then same thing in the West, a little bit less. But it's, it's just going to be such a fun year for the playoffs. I pray, I pray to God that somehow the Nets and the Sixers match up with each other. Not looking likely, but I hope so. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know if I've ever been this excited for like first-round, second-round matchups as I am this year. Yeah, a lot of good basketball, a lot of star power. So, yeah, it'll be fun. We're getting closer and closer to it. Uh, seems like maybe we get a little bit more attendance as well for the NBA playoffs because it seems like there's going to be no baseball season this year. I'm not really that big of a baseball fan, but it seems like that lockout's kind of – I don't know that much about it, but it Gosh. seems like they're – it doesn't seem like they're going to start the season on time and – uh, it seems like they're kind of bickering back and forth. So uh, there might be more baseball fans turning into the basketball because it'll be the only thing on. Yep. Football has ended. Baseball is in jeopardy and the mask mandates are being lifted. I think there's going to be a lot of attendance and attention on the NBA. Um, and that will be followed up by March Madness. So we're going to do, we're going to ease into March Madness and ease into the playoffs. It's going to be great. Lots of basketball, pretty much basketball nerds heaven these next few months. So. I'm excited. You're excited. Any last words before we give the listeners the uh, topic they've all been waiting for? No, we should probably talk about that. No spoil. Well, we actually are going to spoil. So if you haven't watched Euphoria, you better turn the podcast off. Yeah, if you haven't watched Euphoria, and I know my dad doesn't watch, I, I doubt your dad watches. Does he watch? No, he doesn't watch. I told him to watch it. but he I told him to watch it? I told him to watch it. I, I don't know if he watch it. What was that? I told my dad not to watch it. Oh. <laughs> it's yeah. Good. I just don't think he'd like it. It's a show that no matter how old I'm getting, I'm never going to watch it with my parents. <laughs> too, too uncomfortable. That, but uh, it's just, I, it's so much high school drama and high school stuff that my dad definitely wouldn't appreciate it. And it's, it's a little gory and violent. 
sometimes. But uh, you're the big Euphoria fan. I like it, but I, I know you, you're the diehard. You're posting on Instagram about Fez and all that. What are your, what are your thoughts? Um, it was a good, good season finale. Very, very sad episode, I would say. What would you say? What, like one word to describe it. Would you just say like sad? The last one? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I think dramatic is more what I'd go for. I think it was sad, um, obviously, with Fez and uh, what's, what's the dude's name? I always forget. Uh, Ashtray. <laughs> Ashtray and Fezco. Yeah, Ash dying. I was worried Fez was going to die. I know. Well, the thing is, like, I did, like, they, the whole season, they planned it out thinking that, like, you got to worry for Fez. Fez is going to die. But the popularity that guy's getting, like, I just don't feel like they were going to kill him off the show. Um, They couldn't. So when I saw him get shot, it kind of scared me that he might die. But then when, yeah, they just went after, they went after Ashtray. I saw some spoilers on Instagram, like pictures of them, so I assumed they were both going to die. I'm glad they didn't. Um, but I think it was dramatic, just with Cassie and the whole play and just everything that went on that scene when they were walking up to the stage, yelling at each other. The mom was trying to play it off as if it was... Dude, the mom is so funny. I love the mom. The plan. Yeah, she is funny. Um it was a good episode. It was very dramatic. It sounds like we're not going to get season three till like 2024. Um, I, I think it's interesting that like Kat has completely fallen out of anything, like all relevance. She's but well, she's a terrible character. I hate her. I don't who like her. Hell, here, but there's a lot the, of people that really. Who the hell? Who the hell fakes a? It wants to break up. She's like, oh, I have a brain disorder. What? Are you what? Wait, what are you talking about? So, like, I don't know, like three episodes ago, she broke up with her boyfriend because she's like, I have a brain disorder. It was just a terrible excuse. Yeah, it's she's she's really annoying. I don't like her. I don't like Cassie. It's like a one, it's a TV show where it's like, like, I really, really hate a couple of the, of the characters. But I really, really like, actually, like, love a lot of the, like, a couple of the characters. So, um very like it's not a sh- like it's a show that i got pretty emotional about i don't really get that invested in tv shows like that usually um but yeah uh yeah carson one- posting about ash like he died in real life or something <laughs> um but the one thing that so i don't know if do you listen to the prestige podcast at all the, no i listen ring- i listened to uh bill simmons and his daughter talk about the show but i did not listen oh. so They've been talking about it on the Prestige podcast. I listen to it every every week after Euphoria, but they they t- before the finale they kept talking about how Nate, who the guy that plays Nate, like doesn't want to be on the show anymore because he gets portrayed as like a bad person because mm-hmm. his character is terrible. So when he was going to confront his dad, I didn't think he was going to kill his dad. I actually thought he was going to like talk to his dad and make him feel bad, and I thought he was actually going to kill himself. So, I kind of thought um, yeah, I thought he was gonna like call his dad, maybe like kill himself, and then like think that like short, like I don't know, I guess portray that his dad shot him or something. I don't know. That's what I thought was gonna happen. Um, 
but I don't run the show. So if you know, I'm sure you knew this. It surprised me that Elliot is Dominic Fike. Dude, yeah, I knew that. He's one of my favorite artists. I didn't know that. That song at the end was good. It was way too long. <laughs> it was it was good though. No, right? that song was sad, bro. I I don't, that was really sad. But it was it was good. But, but, but it, it goes on for like four minutes, and then <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, I'm working on it." <laughs> it's like <laughs> it was so good. You still want to be friends? Yeah, it was really. It, but it was he's 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 really really talented. He's really really good in real life. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't know that was him. I didn't know he was that young. Um. Do you think Ellie and Rue had any sort of like love connection there, or was that just a friendship thing? Because we know we know Rue was into Jules, but and then Jules was into Ellie. Yeah, it's she, it's a love triangle. It's a definite love triangle. So you don't think Rue and Elliot will end up together? I don't, because I don't think I don't think Rue likes men. Like if you if if you watch the whole series, like she just doesn't, she just doesn't She's like men. Almost so numbed by drugs that I don't even know if she really likes girls that much either. But I don't think she likes anything. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Maddie, so maybe if she get, if she gets cleaned up, maybe she. I don't know, but uh, yeah, they have a little love triangle going on there. It's interesting, and I I was thinking that Maddie and the mom that she was babysitting for or watching the house for i thought there was something there but <laughs> apparently not oh do you know who that is who well I, i'm just gonna test you on your knowledge do you know who the, the lady is that plays that if you test me on actor and actors and actresses you'll be very disappointed it's it's sports related who is it so she was the head cheerleader in friday night lights oh i did not seen that show another show you should watch i've heard that um but yeah minka kelly very very attractive lady gotcha well i didn't even know who zendaya was for euphoria so i just don't know anything about well i it seems like i well i don't think you can find anybody on the street that doesn't know who zendaya is now yeah that's true i think she's probably the most popular person in the world at least right now at the moment i think she's more popular than like when, like I don't know, it was like four or five years ago where Kylie Jenner was the most popular person. I think now it's. I mean, I did. Zendaya. I don't know though. There, I think there are some adults who still don't know who Zendaya is, but it's it's she's definitely very popular. She's got more Instagram followers than LeBron, which is pretty crazy. And I think a lot of it is because of this show. But yeah, that scene where she ran like five miles from the cops, <laughs> and then she ran yeah. five miles and just started getting like. Look, she looked like Damian Lillard. She pulled an abdomen, <laughs> and then she goes in and just spills Cassie's secret. Bro, she, she, her run is terrible. That was the worst looking run I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> she looked like Andrew Bynum running like her career. Looks like Harris Pavada, dude. Okay, another question. I'm putting on the spot. If there's one NBA player that belongs in Euphoria, who is it? Probably Dwight Howard. <laughs> Dwight Howard. <laughs> Dwight Howard seems like a guy that would just shine up his muscles and he'd be euphoric in some way to somebody. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> or or Kelly Oubre. I think, I think it's Kelly Oubre. 100%. Yeah, Maddie, Maddie would definitely have a crush on Kelly. No, Cassie. Sorry, Cassie would have a crush on Kelly I Oubre. I think they fight over him. You act like they're mutually exclusive. <laughs> uh, I don't know. 
But um, uh, did you know that um, did you know that Jules and uh, Dominique Fike are actually dating in real life? Really, I did not know that. It's a euphoric trend. Wow! Because yeah. uh, the Nate, the guy that plays Nate and Zendaya dated when the show was in the first season. Really. And then now there's rumors that that Nate and Cassie are dating in real life. Really? What it makes sense. I mean it makes sense how many how many how many times they're just like fucking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's 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 a loaded that's a loaded statement, but you're right. <laughs> it's like not an episode goes by where I'm not seeing um Cassie's parts. <laughs> That's true. I I think I think she I think she's kind of happy. She's okay with it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But not a zag, but fresh out of Spokane. She is out of Spokane. I knew that. Um I don't I don't know. Did she go to Gonzaga? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I went there with her actually. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. you know her personally. No, she went to I did have a friend that knew her. She went to like a religious high school, I believe. Mm, she doesn't act very religious on the show. I'll tell you that. No, you're right. We we might be cutting a little too deep into her personal <laughs> making assumptions here, but I think that's probably enough euphoria for an NBA podcast. What, what do you well, think? you gotta give me a prediction. What do you think's gonna happen? I guess we got two years to think about it. Yeah, we got We do have a long time to think about it. Um, I think. Cassie and Nate are going to keep dating. I'm really worried about Fez and Lexi. I don't know how Lexi's going to take it. I don't think Fez and Lexi are a realistic couple. I don't think they'll keep dating. I think every time they talk, he he does he does once in a while say some good things, but she's too thoughtful and wholesome. And not, he is very wholesome, but I just I it just doesn't feel like realistic to me. Um, Lexi is so pretty. I love her in every way. Yeah, I I know you do, but I don't know. I don't. I'm not good at predicting like big picture things like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it seems like we got a long road ahead of us for season three. It took three years to get season two. So yeah, my 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 prediction is that this show will not go on more than two more seasons. I'd be surprised if they make two more, just because these act these actors and actresses are going to get so old that they don't look like high schoolers anymore. Well, and just, I don't know, just how much, how much just goriness and sex and drugs is in it. Like, I mean, like the guy that plays Nate Jacobs is like, he doesn't want to be on the show anymore because people actually portray him as like a bad person in real life. And he's just some dude from Australia. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much longer they're going to take it. Anyway, you know the Blazers are having a bad year when we've talked more about Euphoria than the Blazers. But at this point, I don't know. When when the team's basically trying to lose, that's just, just, uh, that's just how it's going to be. Hopefully next year, Dame has been looking good lately. He's been in an interview with Draymond talking about how he, he want, he's going to be the same beast when he comes back. So we can all be excited about that, excited about the development of Anthony Simons, excited about Chauncey Billups, excited for Nasir Little to return, for Yusuf Nurkic to come back, all the cap space we've got. There's a bright future coming for the Blazers. But thank you for another episode 
of Rippin' Hoops affiliated with Rose City Hoops Instagram page. Have a great week, guys. R.I.P. Ash.